0: Well, good morning. Happy Thanksgiving. Welcome to Let's Open the Bible, this Thanksgiving edition of Let's Open the Bible. Russ and Gavin with you. Good morning.
1: Good morning. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. I've if you're looked, under the stairwell listening to this, and just go get a big speaker and blast it. If you're under the stairwell, I have to ask why. Well, that's where my, my daughters, they have this little cubbyhole under the stairwell. So when they, they want to go read books and pretend they're cool, that they go under the stairwell. Yeah, there's a little cubby hole.
0: I'm just definitely not cool. I've never, or even known how to pretend to be cool that way.
1: All right. So, this is so unrelated and not necessary, but one of the great scares of my young, young life is that uh, at Branhaven Swimming Pool in North Canton, Ohio, they had a set of metal stairs in the swimming pool with a little, little area underneath. And all the young kids used to swim under there and they'd hold their breath and sit there. And I, it had to have been, you know, 10 seconds. But I remember going under there one time, and when I went to get out, there were too many people coming in, and I panicked. Made it out fine, no problem. But I panicked. I remember that. That was
0: hmm. favorite food for Thanksgiving. Favorite part, you know, portion, whatever it's mashed
1: potatoes is. Yeah, or no, I know, I know pie. what you're asking. Yeah. I just don't know that I could, I could Can't narrow just it pick down. One? Man, I, I, there are times I'll just mix it together, and then I, and then well, I like it's all re- going to the same place. Oh man.
0: Cranberry sauce? Yes, no? Yep.
1: yep. Well, uh, I don't necessarily like the chunky cranberry sauce, whatever yeah. that, whatever they mix in that. Waldorf
0: that- salad? Do you go that? I mean, are you nostalgic that
1: way? No, I don't even know what that is.
0: Good. Don't.
1: In England, when I was growing up, they had a whole different <laughs> menu. For, get, the,
0: get thee behind me. Yeah, for
1: those that don't know, because I don't ever want to tell a story, I was there three weeks of my life. So uh, it, it helps only in my <laughs> excuses as to why I do things the way I do. I just say it's a cultural difference, but...
0: You know how they they say absence makes the heart grow fonder? Oh, I miss it. Yeah, I really... (laughs) (laughs) I I thought you were going
1: to want to test that theory. Why don't you go away from me and we'll see if it works?
0: (laughs) No, I I really miss my grandmother's potato salad Mm -hmm. and my mother's green bean casserole. Yeah. And I've romanticized those things to where I would almost say that's my favorite, but... But I don't think it truly is my favorite. I just think I, I romanticize those things.
1: Yeah, so my mom's lasagna and my mom's potato salad were actually good, really good, and among my favorites on their own. But you're right. You're right. When we look back, uh, we often – which is interesting because Ecclesiastes says, you know, do not ask why were the former days better than these. It is not from wisdom that you say such things. Isn't that, isn't that funny? It reminds yeah. us that we, we can make a lot of the, the days of old – uh, that are not quite as accurate. Yeah, but as Grace we think they are.
0: Grace is marrying a woman who knows how to cook, and she can pretty much duplicate that green bean casserole. And when she has the desire to put up with the peeling of the potatoes and all of that, she can make that potato salad. Why aren't you peeling potatoes? It's just been a long time. Uh, and she's probably listening to this, so I am in no way trying to compel her to make potatoes. But salad it would be and nice. Shit, and, but it and, would be great.
1: And in the break, I can make up and pretend that you said that she better have those made. I yeah, can pretend you, that you, you could said pretend that, that. <laughs> he did not. Maybe uh, we need to
0: get into the word.
1: Yeah, but but why don't you? Pe- I, just an honest question. Why don't you peel potatoes?
0: I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> your your microphone just cut off. <laughs> Uh, so, if you have your copy of the Bible and you're just wanting us to get into that, uh, yeah. we're going to be yeah. in First Corinthians chapter 11 today, uh, beginning at verse 23. And this is this is Paul recounting the uh, institution of the Lord's Supper. And so today we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, how this plays into Thanksgiving. Uh, and so, Gavin, if you want to open us in prayer, I'll just read through
1: uh, verse 26 of this wonderful passage. Heavenly Father, again we come so undeserving and so grateful, thankful that we can approach your throne of grace with confidence because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. It was because he gave his body for us. It was because he poured out his blood for us. It is because he died on the cross for us and covered our sins Heavenly Father, this is a time where we can say thank you with our words, with our thoughts, with our actions, with our proclamation to those around us. God, you are good, and we are truly thankful. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, verse 23, For I received from the Lord
0: that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I think you said this is also this is the passage I usually go through as we're observing communion here at the church. And you said also this is the one you walk through generally. Is that yes. right?
1: not always, but most o- most often, yes. Yeah,
0: I don't know what it is about this particular account that I really like. I, I guess just the I don't know the concise. Uh, wording of it or or whatever it is, it just seems to flow really well.
1: It does, but but I go the opposite way. Um, you know, I like what it adds um, in terms of judging ourselves correctly and and uh, and and the cost of misjudging yourself. Oh, the following, correctly. the following yeah, passage, yeah, 27, really 28, so, yeah. so it is concise, but but Jesus's words were concise as well. Mm. When at the institution of the Lord's supper, his words were concise and good. I, I like this. This um, you know adds a little. Uh, food for thought.
0: Yeah. And I I like 26 verse 26. Uh, Just a reminder that, you know, as we do this, we're proclaiming the Lord's death, which is interesting because as you are eating the bread, as you're drinking the cup, you're not speaking. And yet you are apparently proclaiming the Lord's death.
1: Oh, I I, I do actually walk through that. To whom are we proclaiming it? Well, it's to, to the church. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Like you're proclaiming it to yourself and you're proclaiming it to the church. And then you're proclaiming something that is devastating and tragic. And and uh, you know, at times I'll say, Can you imagine if if you're there with the crowd and Jesus is going to the cross? And what would you want to say to him? Well, you would want to say, Don't go to the cross. You would want to say to him, you know, you're the innocent Lamb of God. You want to say to him, You have done nothing wrong. You want to say to him, Come down, Maranatha, Lord Jesus. You could say a thousand things, but in the end, this is what is so incredible to me. In the end, when I look to my kids, that 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 apart from Christ they have no hope. When I look to me, apart from Christ I have no hope. My wife, the church, apart from Christ we have no hope. We have to cry out with the crowd, crucify Him. Right. I mean, do you feel the weight of that? So we proclaim the Lord's death. So there is this devastating uh, acknowledgement and recognition mm-hmm. of the cost of our sin. Yeah, it wow. was our sin that held him there. That's right. Now, that's not biblical, but that, that's a song. So I want to be clear when we deviate from directly from scripture. But it was it was our sin that held him there, right? And so so we say crucify him, but then until he comes, he we serve a risen king, and we long. So it's it's looking back and looking forward. It's it's a it's behind. It's it's. He's present. There's a spiritual presence there of God, a particular presence where, you know, if you would eat a McDonald's burger, you're not going to be sick or some of you have died. You you know, if you eat that wrong, I mean, you may clog your arteries, but so there's a, there's a spiritual presence that makes this a powerful moment. So we look back, we, we are present and we look to the future. He's coming again. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's, this this is just so powerful. We could spend weeks on this
0: oh absolutely and that's actually one of the points that i always make when when we're observing the lord's supper is is that you know that part of part of doing this as corporately as a body of believers is the anticipation of his return but it's also the proclamation of faith it is also an expression of our thanks you know it's 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 a communion with christ and fellow believers it is a remembrance of the sacrifice the death burial and resurrection that you know the gospel
1: amen uh and 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 there's a lot of sin in this passage that we recognize and wrestle with, and then we lay on the cross yeah the death he died he died once for all you know the death he died he died to sin sorry once for all he died to sin I yeah. mean he, he 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 put our sin on the cross and nailed it there um all right what what else so, so this week we started out with the 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 expectation of gratitude yeah that's God's will for our life yeah. And then we we deviated just a little bit. I think it was important to talk about those who are are um, hurt, those who are suffering, those who may be angry or ungrateful, uh, and, and we wanted to recognize real hurt and real pain, and maybe offer a little bit on how we uh, th- can overcome that. And 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 in the moment, maybe that's not even possible. So we as Christians weep with those who weep, we bear their burdens, we grieve with them. So good, uh, yeah. And then and then yesterday we talked about. Um, kind of the nature of thanks, thankfulness, why, uh, particularly as it relates to being in Christ. And then today we're talking about this beautiful gift that we are to be thankful with. And, and let's just maybe move. Okay. We are thankful. Jesus died. He, he poured out his blood. He gave up his body for us, paid the penalty for our sins. Now, what do we do with that thankfulness and we share it? We share it. Yeah. We proclaim it in this passage. We proclaim it to to us Preach the gospel to yourselves always over and over and over. I I love every—the pastors that I respect the most talk about how you just continue to proclaim the gospel. And then there's a word of warning. What happens if you're getting bored of the gospel? And I say, then you don't understand it. Hmm. I think there's a tendency for the pastors to get bored of the gospel. So first of all, proclaim it to yourself.
0: Yeah, and that's one of the things. I know you're not a fan of the picture of Jesus, but I referenced yesterday the picture of Jesus that the dear senior saint in our church had painted and I put in my office. That is a way for me to be constantly reminded of the gospel, just exactly what you're saying.
1: Yeah. No, I I actually love how you worded that. I'm not necessarily a fan of the picture of Jesus. And I am very aware that we need to remind ourselves constantly of that glorious gospel. Yeah. Yeah. So and important. Provoke the, yourself. Re- preach to yourself always. But then we're not done with a reminder. Okay, right. It doesn't end there. It's But then it goes out in communion particularly right. to, not just yet, to the church. So that the church is becoming white, hot, passionate over this glorious gift of salvation. First of all, the greatest gift is God himself. Salvation is beautiful because... By it, the the relationship with God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit is restored. So the gospel is glorious because it restores that right relationship of walking with God in the coolness of day that was broken with Adam and Eve and their first sin, our our father's first sin, right? And passed on to us, and we've transgressed it as well. Yeah. So so that's that's something we are to be thankful for. Then we proclaim that glorious, wonderful gift to the people around us during communion. That when they look at us partaking of the body and the blood, it's a proclamation of the Lord's death until he comes to the church. The church gets white hot, excited about the gospel. And then we are not only a hospital for the hurting, but we are a barracks for the army of God to go out and to proclaim this message. Yeah, And we must, if right understanding of the gospel, we must overflow with praise to God, with thankfulness for what he has done, and we share it with others, the hope that is within us.
0: Yeah, and I I think the key to being white hot is the remembering and the preaching to ourselves the gospel.
1: Well, and and then you have the Hebrews 10, we provoke one another to love and good deeds. Yeah. Because there's a time when I'll just, my my white is not so white, you know, it's kind of a little lukewarm. And then you need somebody to go, hey, get on up. I need to remind you. I need to provoke you. I need to press you. I need to prompt you, you know, and, and, uh, and, and I want to encourage you reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering, right? Preach the word in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort. You need, you were never intended to walk alone. There are very few saints. What is it? Saint Anthony. There are very few, uh, believers that have ever, been called to walk in isolation, and I mean it is a scant few.
0: So, so let me ask you this, then, Gavin. Uh, so, on those occasions where you're a little lukewarm, mm-hmm. you're, you're not white hot. What gets you from lukewarm to white hot?
1: Well, I, let me start with a couple things. One, the Christian life can ebb and flow. Uh, it's a reality. I, you know, it, I don't think that there'll be any. Which one? Which one's good, ebb or flow? I don't think there will be any negative in heaven. We will stand before God, and it will be a continuous passion, white hot passion for praise and enjoying God. So, so one wow after a moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just I, I mean, wave upon wave of euphoria and joy in the presence of God. But in this life, we will have those low moments, and I don't think you panic. I think every marriage has great moments and bad moments. I think every relationship has good moments and bad moments. I think every, you know, walking with God will have moments when you're excited about God and and then you're less than excited about God. So just, it's not a panic time. It's just a, okay, I need to recognize this. Um, I think we need to be around people that'll provoke us. And this is where depression really gets bad because depression tends to isolate and then it exacerbates upon itself. But but to be around people that love God and, and, you know, that passion is often caught, not taught. It's contagious. It's contagious. Yep. It's caught, not taught. Um, and so, and then, and then to be around the word when possible, I'm mean, again, depression is a beast. And sometimes people say, listen, I can't even open my Bible, um, to pray real, you know, that's the, uh, that is, a, uh, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. So, so the, the joy that that's missing when you become apathetic, I think you pray for it. The spirit does that work in you. Um, I think God, uh, r- I'm not a huge fan of Richard Foster, but Richard, oh, Foster. I thought had- you were
0: going to say, I'm not a huge fan of God. No, 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 good no. Good gracious. No, into the, end of the podcast. Fan.
1: Yeah. And we're done. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not a huge fan of Richard Foster, but he has a book on prayer. No, and I don't mean that in the real negative. I just, there's some concerning things, but, uh, but, uh, but, uh, Richard Foster has a good book on prayer. And one of them is the God, the the God that, uh, abandoned the, what is it? It's a chapter two, I believe, but it's when God abandoned you. Hmm and he says in scripture god steps back you know that 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 hidden god he steps back and and in that wrestling where you say god i seek you and i and and you will find him when you seek him with your whole heart you grow spiritually and you find him but it's the god that not, it, it it kind of that's a way richard foster explains it is that's a way god removes some of the idolatrous attributes that you've added to god that are not reactive. are not real
0: there's some unhealthy thinking that I, i just want to interject here you know we know that god doesn't abandon us and and so sometimes in our minds um we might think that god has walked away from us but then there's this thinking and i've heard uh some theologians use this language that if you feel abandoned by god you're the one that moved well if god never abandons us can we abandon god and to which i would say you know no god is always with us Uh, I think what we're describing really is those moments, and we touched on this earlier in uh, Psalm 13, those moments when we don't feel God's presence or we don't feel like our prayers are being heard or that they're not effective and those types of things. Uh, And I think that's kind of what we're we're both describing here when we're not white hot and we're just kind of lukewarm. And you and I as pastors, we we look out uh, at people, and we we see people every, you know, Wednesday, Sunday, you have theology Tuesday, whatever it is. And we see some folks that, you know, man, they are on fire. They are white hot. They are excited. They're ready to praise God and worship him. There's been something or somehow God's got a hold of their heart. And and then there's the other brother or sister who may be sitting right next to them that, you know, they just they they just they're just there in body because they couldn't be there in spirit.
1: You've got so many things going on there because I've seen people that are white hot for God that it's no God that I've ever seen. Right, yeah. I mean, they're white hot for an idol. Right. You know, and I've seen that. I've seen that on multiple occasions. I've done that. Yeah. Yeah, When you're white hot for the for a God that doesn't exist. Right. Uh, I've the seen, golden calf. Yeah. I've also seen where God does pull back his presence so that you do wrestle with him. Paul uh John the Baptizer John the Baptizer had to be you know reaffirmed this is the Christ yeah this is the one you, you've been seeking the one we've been waiting even for. he had doubts. Paul 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 wrestled with you know despair. Um, Elijah wrestled with, I mean, it, it's just, it seems like if you are a person, you will wrestle with these moments where, where God doesn't do exactly what you think, or, or in some sense, again, there's the ubiquity or the omnipresence of God. God is everywhere, but there is a sense in which he pulls back. So he, he is not as, um, you, you don't feel him, um, uh, his presence, right? And I think that it's not always God. Sometimes it's you, sometimes it's both, sometimes it's, they, I'll, I'll tell you the fastest way to doubt. I've said this in another podcast. I want to say it often. The fastest way to doubt the existence of God or doubt that he is with you is to allow sin to exist in your life. I'm telling you, your conscience will push God away. And I don't believe you can lose your salvation, but your conscience will will obfuscate, will hide God just to preserve so you can keep sinning. The fastest way to uh, become lukewarm with God is to allow sin to uh, you know, sin to exist unchecked in your life. But but there, there are too many reasons why you have these dark dark night of the souls, and if you're not careful, the person will say, "Oh, if I just get the right formula down, I can fix this." Yeah, that's not healthy.
0: Um, so to kind of bring it back into focus again, we recapped, you know, we began with uh, talking about the, you know, the giving of the thanks. Uh, we talked about the hurt. We talked about the why. Jesus Christ is our why. And then what do we do with our why? We share it. And, and we see a beautiful example of that in our passage uh, where, where Jesus is distributing the elements of the Lord's Supper, the, the, the bread representing his body, uh, the wine, as it were, uh, representing Christ's blood. And so for us, Uh, uh, Maybe the the most beautiful expression of Thanksgiving for you today, as you gather as a family around whatever it is, a meal that you're going to have, is to share Christ. Share Christ with your family. Share the love of Christ. Uh, Share the story of Christ. Um, If you have unbelievers in your family, this is a perfect opportunity.
1: Share the hope.
0: Oh, man. Share the hope. We need that. We do. Um. So, Happy Thanksgiving to you. Gavin, Happy Thanksgiving to you. Even happy you. Happy Thanksgiving, yeah. And, uh,
1: Well, uh, us, us Englishers don't celebrate Yeah, you don't have anything to thank <laughs> for.
0: Until we see you again, God bless. Keep opening your Bible.